High school basketball is in full swing. That can only mean one thing. Hoop Troop is back. We got the troopers back in the house to talk some hoops, to break things down as we move all throughout the state. We're super excited to be back and to be sharing some stories and some insight and far as far as what we see throughout the state. Um, topics, scores, uh, games of interest. We kind of get into rulings, changes, all that fun stuff. Um, hopefully you listened on the journey of season one. Season two hopes to be as fun, if not more. We're excited you're along. Let's go. Let's get right into it. Hoop Troop season two starts now. You can't guard me in the paint. I'm an artist. See, I hustle on the flow. Call me Rick Ross. See the troop get it jumping like a tip-off. I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle. I'm a player, but my game be so official. Troopers, welcome back to season two of the Hoop Troop. Episode one, we're so excited to get things going. Uh, the year's off and running, and so we have to talk about it. We have a few picks and predictions. We're going to explain a few things. Um, it's going to look a little bit different here in the first part of the year. We're going to kind of jump around, and, and we want to touch on a few things that we see and that we're excited about. And then once we get on the other side of the holiday break, we'll get this thing going full steam for you guys and keeping you update on uh, everything that's happening around the state and in high school basketball. And so without further ado, let's bring the guys in um, as usual. So I got my guy, Adam, Adam with me again tonight, Adam, uh, how are things going in second grade basketball life? Uh, great, great. Had a, um, had a good weekend. Um, Got some, uh, got some coaches yelling at the officials. Got some coaches yelling at their kids. So, uh, been trying to maneuver that a little bit, but uh, that's what you'll have in second grade sometimes. And uh, excited about season two of Hoop Troop. Um, last year, I mean, just a just a super success. It was fun to fun to connect with the high school game uh, with you all and everybody on the pod. But uh, definitely excited about this. Good, good. We are uh, we are definitely ready to get going. We have Coach Larson. Uh, in the house with us tonight, just uh, fresh off of a, a big Wartburg football win on Saturday. And uh, I set on Ohio. Are you making the trip or are you going to watch this one uh, from home? Unfortunately, I think we are going to watch. It's on ESPN Plus, which is kind of fun. But we're holding out for the stag bowl. We're, we're hoping somehow they can keep it rolling and and uh, then we will go to Annapolis in a, in a couple of weeks. But uh, the 20 hours driving in the weekend, and it's actually my father-in-law's 80th birthday, so we had some stuff going on already. Gotcha. Well, fun fun times for sure. So I know your um, attention is is a little split <laughs> between the round ball and the oval one, but uh, glad to have you back and glad to have you on. Uh, Tom Betts with us just off of a, a a nice ibca meeting doing his ibca thing um we touched on the clinic several times already on the podcast what a success that was it's good to catch up with you and good to see you again uh yeah. coach welcome welcome back let's let's do season two absolutely looking forward to it uh you know i just feel like this podcast gave me four more or five more guys that really don't care that much about me so really just glad to be back <laughs> Well, we're uh, we're glad to have you, Tom. As always, we love you, Tommy. <laughs> and then, of course, we have in that voice right there, Doug. Doug Deard's joining us again too. Um, Doug, we touched we touched on a couple of the the summer pods, but uh, top sixty four. Uh, 
I assume things ended ended uh, nicely for you guys. You had a fun and good summer, and uh, you're already starting. Hopefully, you and the players are starting to see some gains already in this short season. Yeah, I had a great summer, great fall. Um, I'm excited for the season. I think uh, all classes are probably wide open. Um, I know 3A is, 2A is wide open. So, um, be fun. Ready to get out there and watch some ball. All right, so one of the big things we like to do here on the Hoop Troop is we cover our areas. We're trying to cover the state um, and talk as many programs and games and highlight as many coaches and players as possible as we're going through. And so with that, let's start let's start up in the the northwest corner. Coach Betts, I'm going to I'm going to start with you. Um, what are some things that one you're excited about in your region um, and then two uh, what have you seen already in this uh, young season that uh, you kind of like or that you're kind of excited about here moving throughout the year? Well, I tell you what, I think that and Doug mentioned it earlier when we were talking about 3A being wide open. Uh, you know, I think last year I felt uh, when I covered 3A Northwest Iowa, Southwest Iowa, that it was uh, I wasn't sure if we had anyone that could go down and really do some damage. And I think a lot of those teams were younger and they're back. And I think that uh, there's three to four teams in Northwest Iowa uh, or what typically is that uh, sub-state of Northwest Iowa and even down in Southwest uh, with Harlan and uh, down there. I think there's there's a lot of teams that can make a state tournament run out of this side of the state in 3A. So I'm really excited about 3A basketball. And uh, I've, I've had a chance to see some of those teams already. I've seen MOC, uh, saw them scrimmage uh, Sioux City East and Western Christian. And I tell you what, those are three really good basketball teams. Uh, Western's going to be back in the mix in 2A again. Uh, that, you know, Cherokee uh, knocked them out last year. But uh, Western will be back. Uh, Central Lion, who's a state tournament team last year in 2A. Uh, Lutmer kid that's committed to Iowa to play football's back. So I think Central Lion's up in 2A is going to be good. Uh, I'm just excited to cover all, all, all four classes. I've got some really interesting uh, dynamics and some really good basketball teams. So very excited about it. Um, tell me a little bit about Sioux City East. I know uh, played Healing right this past um, this past week. What do you, what yeah. have you seen? Or because they're you know they're got to be one of those teams to keep an eye on in foray. Well, absolutely. I think East. Uh, you know, I always say, especially uh, you know, if you ha- if you had a solid football season, that usually can sometimes translate into a solid basketball season if you have some athletes. I think that's what East has. They're uh, they're fairly deep big, strong kids. I mean, they don't have one dominant guy. Uh, they played uh, Helan on uh, last uh, Friday. Helan opened the season uh, Thursday down at Trainer and uh, beat a very good, uh, I think, uh, very good trainer team. You know, a team that's historically been a state tournament team was 19 and four last year. Uh, trainer's going to have a good year, but uh, East is, uh, is very physical. Uh, they got some size. Uh, Alex Van Dyke, uh, uh, they've got uh, Spencer Dobbs is, is back, maybe their top two re- returnees. But uh, one of the kids, uh, I'm, I'm going to create a new category this year. You know, I always have the shout-out category. My, yeah. my new category this year is going to be the stir-the-drink category. Okay. What, kid, what kid stirs the drink for that team out there? And I, I saw it on Friday night. Uh, I actually, I've seen a couple kids that I think are going to stir the drink for their team. They might not be the most valuable player, might not be that D1 recruit. But it's the kid that I think makes him go. And for East High, Sam Johns is a is a senior that uh, I just think he. And I'm talking to Coach Vanderloo, he says, "Yeah, he's our glue guy." And it, you know, those guys stick out. You know, if you, if you if you watch enough basketball, you know who those guys are. And uh, so I'm 
I think East is going to have a, a really solid team. They've got a, some freshmen that are some pretty promising freshmen that are going to be in the rotation, but they've got size and they got they have some strength and some athleticism. Uh, so they're they're going to be an interesting team to watch in 4A. I think uh, this is maybe the best team that Raz has had in the last few years. Yeah, that's definitely uh, like I said. I know a team that I have on on the short list to kind of keep an eye on up there in 4A. Any anything about uh, Council Bluffs Lincoln? I know too. I, I believe that they're they're floating around in that top ten as well. Do you know Do you know much about what they have coming? Uh, I know that uh, you know Coach Isaacson's had a, you know he graduated obviously. Their two best play players, uh, Jameson Gruber, their point guard, and then uh, young man at Iowa that's uh, broke Josh his leg Dix. last year. Dix, and, yeah. Yeah, uh, Josh Dix. And so uh, Coach Isaacson always has a way to refill that uh, that little bucket. And uh, he's got – I know he had, some, he had a great JV program last year, some kids that could really shoot it. He's got some size, and I think he maybe had a kid or two that transferred in. I don't know a whole lot about yet. But uh, th those will probably be the top two teams in 4A on this side of the state again. Yeah, I was just looking here too. So uh, January 10th is their first matchup with Sioux City East. And so it'll be anxious to see to see how that goes and definitely keep an eye on that. We'll uh, we'll have a few more pods before we get to that. And so we'll uh, we'll know what's going on there. Uh, Larson, let's move. Let's move to your area. Um, what's something uh, that uh, you're excited about and something that you've seen already that uh, you've been impressed with? Well, I think all of Central Iowa is excited for this Tuesday, um, which is going to be the, uh, the the first meeting between Waukee and Waukee Northwest. Um, I, I think there are several really good 4A teams here, um, including those two, and then Valley would be at the top of the list. And uh, Northwest was able to beat Valley. Uh, Price Sanford, it sounds like, was just amazing. And um, the, the highlight reel that is Omaha Blue is uh, pretty impressive. So I think everyone's really looking at that for a fun, just kind of like these uh, tournaments that are going on, just fun to see some of the top teams play each other right away and see where it shakes out. But also knowing that, like, early on, it doesn't really mean much. You know, I was at Norwalk and Pella, and I know Pella struggled a little bit and lost to North Polk. Uh, on Tuesday, but then they, you know, our well-coached program, obviously, Coach Schulte, and then they came out and played great on Friday. And I just think uh, that's one thing I always keep my eye on this time of year. I never, I always kind of liked it when we lost because then I know what type of team we have. That's true. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. So it's a long season. The other season. big thing in this area that I got to I, – I, I was told to put everything I had on uh, Iowa uh, or Grandview Christian. So uh, here we go again. Here we go. Did you did you tell yourself that, Coach, or did somebody else tell no, you that? No, no. I could I could show you the text messages. Like <laughs> it sounds. Um, that their other big kid, I guess, is playing really well. Um, um, and I don't know, Doug, do you know him? Um, I don't, I don't think he played much last year, but no, he is a real force. What about, uh, what about, uh, Indianola? I know, uh, yep. there's, they got a big win, uh, beating Southeast Polk at home. Uh, yep. I know there's a lot of excitement and hype around, around that team. And so, uh, hearing anything, anything extra with, uh, with them. No, I thought that was a good win for him to start the year off to beat Southeast Polk. You know, that's kind of going to be the thing. I don't. One thing that's really changed the dynamics of Central Iowa is that 
DCG, Norwalk, and Indianola from the Little Hawkeye are all 4A teams. Um, and Hoover, CIML team, is a 3A team. Um, I think sometimes people get confused about that because people think like, oh, are you going to move up to 4A? They don't understand. Every year it's just based off of enrollment. And uh, so the, the landscape or the structure has just really changed. And um, I know because of the, the, the new CIML um like groupings there's way more um non-conference games between those schools so uh i think that will be big for for teams like indianola dcg and norwalk uh in particular when they have those chances to play the the ciml the the traditional ciml teams um they gotta they gotta prove their their um their worth and and, and so that they get the the positioning that they want come tournament time yeah, you mentioned uh, DCG, uh, obviously a program in which graduated a lot, um, yep. but then they went over and on the road beat a good ADM team um, yep. to start the start the year. The kid kid hit a heck of a buzzer beater there with uh, as the time ran out to to get that win. And so you just you just never know teams that you, you think might uh, might be down or in a rebuild uh, just seem to almost reload in that little Hawkeye. You know, I, I think that's something to really to, to really remember. Um, and we lived that a little bit here in Norwalk last year that, uh, you know, again, um, kind of retooling and um, obviously with Coach Pelzer taking over. Um, Coach Rankin, I know, lost a lot, but um, he's been doing this for a long time and that program has been good for a long time. And you're just going to see different faces, but they were playing really good basketball at lower levels, you know, and, and, and you see that from a lot of different schools now. So that kind of goes with, with the whole, see who can bounce back from losses though, because I think high school basketball, like we were just me and coach Schulte from Pella. We're just talking about it. The skill level is so great, but it's who can really form a great team and the championship level team. And so uh, it'll be fun to watch these journeys and keep our eye on, uh, you know, not just who has a lot of talent, but who's a, uh, Who's figuring out how to win as a as a, a collective group? Yeah, absolutely. That'll definitely be something that we're uh, we'll monitor here as we move throughout the season. Uh, Doug, let's let's move to your area. I know that you've been out and uh, had an opportunity to catch a few games already. Uh, what are what are some things that you are excited about um, that you've already seen, and some things that you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I guess the the most the biggest thing is the shot clock. I'm so yeah. excited. Um, and, and I've seen a few things where people uh, I've actually gone back and forth with a couple guys on Twitter about, um, you know, was it worth all the money? We spent all this money and I haven't seen one shot clock violation. But if you watch close enough, the whole game is going to change because of it. Not you're not going to see maybe it's not shot clock violations, but it, it's going to change the way teams have to get the ball up. Norwalk, for example, you, Chris, you guys were usually a grinder, grind each possession out, which is, that's how you guys played. And I think just watching that first game, it, it's going to have to, you guys are going to have to change the way you play the game. And I think DCG is kind of in that same situation where you got, sometimes you got to put that ball up the first available shot. Um, but it's been fun. I, I went to Pell Christian and Eddieville Blakesburg. Um, Eddieville's got a great team uh, this year. They'll probably, they might, go through the whole season undefeated. Um, and my prediction, I got a prediction here. They will, if they keep track, they will lead the state in dunks. 
They've got they've got four their four starters easily can dunk and uh, they had probably four or five dunks that night. So it was it was really impressive for a little two way school. Um, and then I went to the Pella Norwalk game on Friday. And, uh, fun atmosphere. Um, the the house that Chris Larson built uh, is now there. So uh, it was it was fun to see the new uh, new gym they have there. Hey Doug, uh, um, one thing that didn't you notice it too, especially in the fourth quarter. So, but there was about three and a half minutes left and Pella had the ball up one. And I know that in kids' mind, they were kind of starting to think like, oh, maybe we can, and then they're like, oh no, we got a shot clock. We got to go. So that's really where I saw it um, is down the stretch of a close game. It makes for a lot better game. And Norwalk coach isn't sitting there going, oh, do we need to start fouling? Do we need to yep. think about it? Do you, you're, you're like, it, it just makes for a better game. And that's when I, Personally, I really noticed it. Um, I think you're going to see everyone running a two-two-one press now. Um, that's going to be kind of a just standard for for all teams. But um, I thought it was really interesting in the fourth quarter because um, a few of the games last year in the Little Hawkeye were overtime. But the reason they kept going overtime is whoever won the tip would just hold it. Yep. You know, and so it, it makes it for a better game. Real quick, the one thing I noticed in the uh, girls' game on Friday night was uh, it was an Easton Healing girls' game, and uh, with with three minutes left or two minutes, three and a half, three minutes left, uh, one of the teams only had like two team fouls. Well, whenever you foul, if this is the way it's supposed to be called, again, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they were they had to get you know they're trying to get back in the game, so they needed to get into the bonus. And so they had to foul, but they were waiting 10 to 15 seconds to foul. And every time they foul, then it got reset. back. Reset. It yeah. reset. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was killing them because I said, if you, you got to do it, you got to foul right away and just get those fouls out of the way. And so it's an education of, of those little situations like that. And uh, the other thing I thought too, is, is in these close, I've seen a couple of close games is that you're right. You don't have to foul. You don't have to put your best players mm-hmm give up fouls in order to maybe get the ball back. And the old days of making your free throws with three minutes left and you're going to win the game or that's not the way it's going to be anymore. It's going to make the game so much more exciting. I, I just, yeah. um, I, I just think it's a game changer for the state altogether. Just like of there, there were just a few opportunities in the few, I've, I think I've watched three games now. So far, four games, I guess. Um, and just when you have the shot clock, it's kind of like, even every once in a while they'll get to the bottom and then teams get, and it makes it exciting. And then somebody has to force up a shot or your defense, you kind of start, yeah, you know, force an air ball and then you get a, get the possession. So I think it rewards good defense more than, than even speeding up the pace. Absolutely. And that's, who's going to, that's, who's going to win is the good defensive teams because you only have to play defense for 35 seconds, 30 seconds, really. And in the past you had to play for 45 50 seconds a minute in those close games but yep. now it's like if you can play defense for 30 seconds you are you're golden one two i i the only time that in the few games i've seen that it's really kind of come into play is on like a tip ball or deflection and so they're running the set ball gets tipped out of bounds okay now you're inbounds and now we're going back into our set by that point you know there's six eight seconds left on the clock um, and now all of a sudden it's, you know, as opposed to just coming down, run our set, we get a shot, we're going to take it. You're like, oh, Jesus, shot clock's not doing anything. But you get a tip out of bounds, and now the team wants to get back into their set. It takes five seconds to get everybody where they want. You're out top dribbling, waiting for people to get set up. 
now all of a sudden you got to go with the first or second option, which does make the game, you know, more exciting. And it's, it's something where, yeah, you're not going to see a lot of shot clock violations, um, but it just makes things more interesting. I want to give credit to the association or whoever made the decision on kickballs and on, I think, jump balls, it does not reset. So if you have a kick ball with six seconds left, it doesn't reset it. And I think that's really like that. Too. That's great. Just if you if you keep possession, then it doesn't change. And that's that helps also. So good job, association. Yeah, making that uh, making that call um, feels like to be especially this first year, be as simple as possible. Um, definitely notice some issues uh, with the shot clock from an operator, from uh, you know, whatever it is, it's not, it, it doesn't feel like it's overwhelming. Like, oh, geez, here we go again. Um, but, you know, there has been some situations, at least in the, the, the game I was at, they were quick on the reset. So it was like a questionable 50-50 ball and they went right to the reset, um, which is kind of tough to, again, because, you know, you're down six, eight seconds and then they go on a reset, you know, makes it hard, you know, from a defensive perspective. But I, I'll give the officials and the the scores table credit they work through everything um and seem to you know either come up with the right or meet in the middle between what so and so thought and what so and so thought and so uh um and this is three games into the year and so it's it's been it's been good for uh as big of adjustment as it is have you noticed too and it's made the 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 officials job easier too on the 10 second count yeah there's no, yep. the refs don't have to count, there. and you just, you're going out by the clock. And if you'll notice, depending on who's resetting that, if you reset it right when it hits the rim, which you should, and they don't gather the ball right away, you're losing maybe a second or two. So just, just actually keep an eye on that because now we bring the ball up, you really only have about eight seconds. Um, and that's not, that's actually not how you should run it, but depending on the shot clock operator, um, I think you will see some more 10 second uh, violations. The next rule we got to get changed though, since there is a shot clock, get rid of the five second call altogether. Yeah. Like college. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It's just too hard to monitor. Like, I just think that it would be a it. good rule to get out of there. You don't need it. Yeah. yeah. You don't need it. No, I, uh, and I if you agree. have a guy who's a good enough dribbler to, you know, like that's that i think that should reward that skill too yeah it uh it has it's been good it's been a it's been a nice addition um so far and it'll be something that i'll be anxious to see as these games start to mean more and more as we move throughout the year uh what kind of what kind of impact that uh they have um on the games and and ultimately the outcomes but uh it's a step in the right direction it's a it's a learning experience for everybody i think if we can get to the point where basketball is played by the same rules at all levels then uh we're, we're doing something doing something right for for these players to, to to be able to give them the best opportunity to be successful um one of the other big changes that's coming this year is going to be the ratings um and so now the 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 boys are going to a rating system uh to figure out seedings for postseason and state tournament play and um, two, actually three, when, when Tony gets back on with us, three of our very own are, are a part of the um, recently announced committee that is going to um, help guide some of the decision-making and um, 
formula to be able to ultimately determine these ratings. And so we'll we'll have a little bit of a first uh, first look at some of these and being able to discuss a lot of what's going on. Um, we won't see those until after after the holiday break. So those won't, first ones won't come out until uh, until January. And so we have a little bit of time. But with the two experts in the room, um, I leave it to you guys to kind of explain a little bit about how this came about, um, how you guys were lucky enough to get asked to be on the board, and then ultimately, what's what's the goal uh, for the committee to be able to establish these these postseason ratings? Well, the only thing I'll say is I think the one of the reasons that uh, that myself and Chris and Tony were asked was because of this group you guys put together last year, and I think the you know that that we were covering basically this is what we were doing. We were covering basketball across the state and I thought they, uh, they saw some of the value on what we were trying to do and, and uh, to, to celebrate these kids and these coaches and these teams and, and try to, to really get to know most of the, the teams in our areas. And so I think that's why uh, I was asked, you know, up here in Northwest Iowa, uh, Southwest Iowa to keep an eye on these teams. And, and I, and I'll let Chris explain because he's a lot smarter than I am, but you know, I th- or basically what we're going to do is just be a, another set of eyes for the, for the uh, state association uh, to, to let them know, you know, what's going on with the teams in, in three uh, a is, is the class that Chris and I are, are covering and I'll be watching three a basketball in Northwest and Southwest Iowa, uh, you know, in person through huddle and uh, just talking to other coaches to see, you know, what do we feel about these different teams? And so really just an, another set of eyes in the field for the, uh, for the state. Yeah, I would, uh, I, I don't know for me, I would just caution, especially listening to, to we, we were just chatting a little bit before we kind of started this podcast. And, uh, I would just caution people to not get overly set up, like, especially with coaches, parents, you know, that to where you're, you're living by the ratings. You know what my most rewarding year until Tom's team kicked our butts in, in the, uh, in the finals was the year we got stuck and we had to play Pella in the district finals. ADM that year was had a, they they were actually ranked number one or two most of the year. And we had to play them in the sub-state finals. Then we had to play Wallert, Harlan, and Heelan in a five-game stretch. And um, you know what? We got her done. And so I and, and the only reason I say that is I don't think the goal of these ratings is to necessarily act like anybody knows who's going to win when two two teams play, right? You play the game on the court. What it should do is hopefully add some excitement to the boys' basketball side of the game, add some chatter because it's fun to get ranked. It's fun to have people recognize you. But I would also tell you if, if you're not ranked in the first set of rankings and you're undefeated, let's just say, well, keep, keep winning games and, and play with then, then it's the coach's job to get a chip on your shoulder. Right. I mean, uh, rankings have been going on for a long time. The other thing that I do think is really nice about this is at the end of the year, we are going to have a little guidance as general fans as to what's going to happen in the tournament. And, um, th- from my understanding is that there is no guarantee that if you're one of those top ranked, um, top eight teams that you'll all be separated, but that will be their goal is to try and do that. Um, so if that makes sense to you, there's no, they, they can't assure that, but that's going to be what they're going to try. And we'll know the state pair, the state tournament seedings based off of the rankings, because that's how the seedings will go. So it's just, I think being a little more um, 
um, I thought it was fun when we did get to meet with them, all of us coaches and, and some of the guys from the news media, just to hear some of the thought and some of the work that they do and what they go into it. But I think they're trying to be a little more transparent with their work and putting it out there so everybody else knows what they're thinking and not just waiting to, to throw it at people, right? And uh, um, in terms of right and wrong, you know what I'm saying? We How many different winners did Doug pick for 3A for uh, for, for the you know all year last year right just dcg right doug i got it i got it right i got it right yeah um and i only say that because i think it should be seen as a fun thing not as a a thing you know i mean yes some friendly banter instead of like you know real let like letting it get to upset you you still got to play the game on the court no matter what rankings are i'm gonna make the assumption that the first ranking that keelan will be ranked number one is that right <laughs> well they, they've already they're one-on-one on one right now okay down. so no uh we've always been sandbaggers so no you will not see us in the top 10 yeah 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 whatever <laughs> and i think it's important too for people to know so the way this model is supposed to work for them for the state is they've asked, so they'll have three, one media and two former coaches in each class. And our job is just to give them information, give them our opinions. But at the end of the day, they're going to make their own rankings. And, and I don't say that to like pass the buck on anyone. I, I mean, I hope they listen to us and we might some days argue vehemently for teams that we've seen or teams that we think are good. But at the end of the day, they're not going to tell us what the rankings are until when they come out. We'll just give them our, our thoughts and opinions. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like with the committee, your biggest responsibility is going to be taking into account the things that like a computer or a formula is not able uh, to exactly. generate. So right. things like injury, things like momentum, you know, strength of schedule can be um, formulated and, you know, BC more through those types of outlets, but uh, you know, momentum, um, and injuries, I feel like are probably kind of the two biggest things in which that, you know, you can kind of help and just the general eyeball test, uh, of, of seeing this team on tape. I mean, here's, here's what I think. Um, and here's, here's how it's a little bit different, you know, based off of yeah. what the numbers are telling us. Like, is that, is that correct? I think a perfect yeah. example, perfect example for me is Humboldt last year. You know, Humboldt was a team that we didn't, at least I didn't, uh, because I didn't see them. And, uh, you know, and, and I think we said, well, their strength of schedule maybe isn't great, this and that. Well, my gosh, they went, you know, they, they made a great run to the state tournament with a young team and got down to the state tournament and find out they just play a different style of basketball. It's run and gun. And it's, uh, you know, first three point shot up. Those things that you don't know what you don't know. And uh, so I think we're going to have a, just a better feel of everybody. And Humboldt's well, not, and, and Humboldt's what, not going to get away from you this year, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they're not sneaking up on anybody. <laughs> I got them right but here. I think <laughs> to go along with what you're saying, um, Brian, like take uh, Oskaloosa a couple years ago when Xavier Foster was a senior and he had, you know, he was sick for a lot of the, I, I think he had mono or something, but he was out several games. But I know he ended up, they ended up making the substate game. And no one, even though their record wasn't very good, no one wanted to play them that year because for obvious reasons, right? I think um, with uh, Council Bluffs, Abe Lincoln last year would have been a kind of a similar, there are certain things that happen in a season or maybe there's a real outlier loss and you find out, well, the kid sprained his ankle or their best player sprained his ankle and now he's back to healthy. And, you know, 
Um, I, I think balancing all those things. Uh, thing I'm most excited about though is every week just have a little chatter and have a little, uh, you know, talk about who's ranked who. And, and it's, you know what? There's going to be 40 teams each week that are pretty darn excited about high school basketball, and that's how it should be. Just looking back on last year, you had three of the top eight teams in 3A, Pella, Bondurant, and Winterset in the same district, right? Right, right. And I, ho I hope that's what we can avoid with this because – and that, that, that happened several times. And it's happened especially up in northwest Iowa where you got all those really good teams where they all get put in the same district. It's like, well, that, that shouldn't happen anymore. And I, I hope this helps – alleviate that you know what i mean that's yep. that's 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 what we're trying to avoid right right yep yeah well i think i think so too and uh it'll definitely definitely help guide those decisions and, and larson to your point uh with with last year with lipsy with the hamstring and him right. kind of not playing there like could you imagine if <laughs> you know they they slide down you know the formula yeah. well geez they lost to you like we're gonna have to put nobody would want to play those guys yeah. obviously because right. then he's back and now what but um, no, that's good. I, we're, we're anxious to get more information. And as that comes along to follow along with you guys and um, with everybody uh, to learn a little bit, uh, you know, very similar to the shot clock, it's going to, it's going to have some moments of some growing pains, but I think ultimately it's going to be what's best for the players um, and what's best for the programs. And I think that uh, we'll see that we'll see that unfold here as, as we move throughout the year. Um, and so with that, uh, let's, uh, Let's uh let's take a look uh, moving forward this week. Um, Tom, I'm gonna start with you. What uh, what do you got on the schedule this week that uh, you're you're pretty excited about? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I have to take off for Scottsdale, Arizona in the morning, so I'm gonna be yeah. in Scottsdale till Thursday. I'm gonna miss some Tuesday games. I'm gonna have to check in online. But the game that, that I have circled this week, and again, I hate to just keep in uh, where I work, but Helan and Western Christian uh, are playing two games this year, and their first one is this Friday, uh, and so. Uh, I think that's going to tell me a lot where Helan is in, in both where Helan and Western are. I, th I think Western's pretty solid. They're very deep. I think that they've got the opportunity they could go platoon and, and go play 10 kids. Uh, so I think we're going to see uh, uh, where my alma mater, the Crusaders, are at this Friday. Cool. That's good. That's a, that is a big matchup for, for both those teams. Like you said, a good measuring stick as, as you move through the young season. Um, Larson, what do, you, uh, what do you got your eye on? What are you excited about? Yeah, so um, I'm going to get my eyes on quite a few teams. I'm going to get the chance to see Winterset tomorrow. They're going to play Norwalk, but then it's nice we have Tuesday off. Norwalk does. And so I'm going to be actually, I think I'm going to stay home because I want to be able to watch a couple different games. And uh, that Northwest uh, Waukee game, I think will be a zoo to try and get to. So I'm going to watch the stream of it. But uh, also in 3A, I really want to check out um, Bondurant travels to Ballard. And, you know, you kind of talked about it with DCG. Um, I think uh, Ballard's the same type of program, right? They, they just seem to always be a really tough out. I think Bondurant is one of the best 3A teams um, on paper coming into the season. I think Doug would agree with me on that in central Iowa. And so I want to kind of get my eyes on them a little bit. Friday, I'll be at Pella Christian. No, that's that's a big week. So Indianola uh, is, I, I would also like to get my eyes on them a little. I watched a little bit of that Southeast Polk game with them uh, as well. And and I think everybody knows they they have the Charlie Wilmot back and then uh, return everyone but Cooper Naylor. And so they, uh, 
they're a really good basketball team. Um, I'm looking forward to when they match up with uh, some more uh, just just top level teams. Yeah, well, and even that that Southeast Polk team too. I saw a little bit of that game with Indianola. Um, you know, Southeast Polk is is gonna is gonna make some noise too. I mean, they had a couple really, nice guards, huh? Yeah, they got a couple. Both their guards are um, yeah is are really nice, and so that's uh, that'll be a good one too to to kind of keep an eye on them. Uh, Doug, what do you got? What are you uh, what are you looking forward to this week? I think I'm gonna wander over to Des Moines. Actually, I want to go over to that Waukee Northwest game uh, and try to find a seat there somewhere. So I just, I think that's gonna be fun. The atmosphere I'm sure will be great. And uh, watching uh, those two guys battle and get some D1 talent there. Um, but I'm looking at the schedule now um, and Bon Durant actually plays Marion. This looks like Saturday at Wells Fargo. Oh, there we go. That that actually could be a monster game right there. And, that's yeah, and I think those are the big games teams. though. When you're talking about the ratings, like those are gonna be those big games. Um, you know, and that hurt Bondurant a little bit last year. I will tell you, they 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 kind of did another one of those, and they went up and lost to Spencer on a Saturday. So I think teams are going to have to take those games really seriously when they kind of play outside their area. There's like two different things you're working on to build your resume, I would say. Yeah, that is good. Those good Saturday game. Um, who did did Waukee went over? They played Saturday, right? They go over and play Linmar. Um, just this past Saturday, I think. I believe so. so yeah, and so it's always it's always fun to see those those Saturday games, especially when they're two teams that wouldn't you know normally or traditionally match up with each other, and being able to work those in the schedule uh, is always is always been a we, lot of fun. We should probably also just make sure we comment on Cedar Rapids. Kennedy had a huge win last week uh, um, over Des Moines Hoover, who is probably I, I don't know I think one of the favorites as well for three A, moving down to three A, but uh, and, and so obviously that that can be taken with a grain of salt for them. But I think Cedar Rapids Kennedy is one of those teams really we'll good. be talking about at the end as well. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with you there. I think that they're, they're right there with the Waukees and um, the Waukee and Waukee Northwest of the world to see kind of how things uh, shake out there. Um, I'll flip over to the girls side real quick and just talk a little bit Tuesday. Um, Tuesday, we have a matchup of Johnson versus Dowling, which I think will be uh, an, an interesting matchup. Um, last week's matchup with uh, Ankeny and Johnson uh, on the girls side was was uh, was a good game as well. Uh, Ankeny's got some athletes. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have the depth that Johnston does, but they came out and uh, took a 14 point lead. Um, in the first half against uh, obviously a really, really good Johnston team and um, credit the Dragons for being able to battle back and, and end up pulling away that one in the second half. Uh, but Dowling, you know, state tournament team as well. They got a couple good guards. Um, and so that'll be that'll be a nice matchup. I'll tell you, from a from a 5A side of things for the girls basketball, it's been kind of crazy because they've all kind of gone already in this young season and, and, and beat up on each other. Uh, Dowling lost to Valley um, last week, and then Valley uh, goes and loses to Northwest, but then Dowling goes up and beats Ankeny Centennial. Um, and so so 5A girls basketball, there's obviously a ton of talent, as there's been um, for the last several years. Um, but it seems to be outside of outside of Johnson, maybe a, a clear front runner. It's going to be some really good games. And, and you mentioned, too, obviously the, the boys matchup with Northwest and Waukee. Uh, two young teams, but talented Waukee girls teams. And so that'll be Tuesday as well. And so 
for for early December, we have some some big basketball games uh, on the docket already, and uh, it's, it's definitely something um, something that we're looking forward to. Uh, Tom, you have something to add? You want to jump in on? Yeah, on girls basketball, so it ties in my shout out. Yes. Uh, so last week, last week, uh, I know down in Cedar Rapids, they had a uh, you know big uh, classic, and Helen and Xavier, the who played in the state finals last year, uh, kicked it off. Uh, Xavier uh, got the Crusaders by eight, and and uh, Helen's got four or five starters back, so we're looking for a good season. But my shout out, actually, and I, it pains me a little bit to say this because you know East High is our rival. Uh, but they played Friday night, East Sioux City East and the Healing Girls, and the Healing Girls were up by 19 early on, and the East Girls came back and won that game. And I'll tell you what, um, they have got uh, a lot of you know, really young, great players, um, but uh, they've got a freshman girl, 5'10", Trishelle Miller, that is going to be – keep your eyes on this young lady. She is, a, she is talented. Uh, point guard 510 and uh, the black Raiders came back and coach Brian Durant hats off to you. I mean, they, they could have folded their tent, but they didn't. And uh, it was a hell of a game. Yeah, that's exciting. Love to love to see that young talent and, and obviously the resilience too to be able to battle back um, and, and get that, get that win. Doug, it's that time. It's that time of the week. We need we need a three a three a state champion pick from you. I mean, who who do you got right now? Who's going to uh, who's going to cut the nets down in March? Not healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with my uh, my pick. I had the um, a couple months ago when we talked. I'm gonna stick with Marion Wolves. Okay. Uh, even though they got blitzed by Cedar Rapids Kennedy, um, they only scored 37 points in their first game, which I'm not sure what happened there. But then they, they then they beat uh, Washington. Uh, must have been Friday. So I'm going to stick with the Marion Wolves. And and that game on Saturday with Bondurant, I think that'll tell a lot, kind of what uh, what they got and what Bondurant has. So I think Bondurant has a buzzsaw year because they're everybody's going to be after them, um, and their schedules going to be brutal too but i'm going to stick with the marion wolves that's good all right we got it uh got down on the list uh for you for the for the wolves i'll be anxious too to get uh tony on obviously he's over more in that area for us uh and get his take um, i need to get some wolves gear that's what i need there you go. <laughs> let's get, go get on get on the wolves gear so yeah. um Larson, you got anything? Got any good stories? Any bits? Anything? No. Any, uh, any coaches? Any young coaches? Any new coach that we need to keep an eye on? What do you got? What do you got for us here to wrap wrap things up? Here's the only thing we're gonna. I, I want to dig into. You know, you did a great job covering some girls basketball stuff. I want to dig into and one of these weeks. You know, we've we've hit mostly the boys side. Girls basketball, like it, it is such a have or have not right now and um and the numbers keep declining and i would just love to talk to somebody as to i, I self-professed i have not put much mental energy into how to remedy that or if it can be remedied um but it just seems like everyone i talk to you know it the, the commonplace for a girl's program is about 25 girls and um, I don't know. I just so and so this is what I want to this is the data I want to get to. And I want to figure out if we can have a guest on who could enlighten us into some of the ideas. 
is with girls wrestling as well, where is the uh, like the compatibility study between girls wrestling and girls basketball this season? Girls wrestling first year, girls basketball, obviously where it's at. Like what are participation numbers looking like in those two sports? Yeah, I think that'll be, that would be interesting to know um, from, from a number standpoint. I'll, so I'll give you a little bit as far as, so Johnston, for example, um, their program, uh, freshman through senior have 33 girls out, I believe. So within that range that you said of like that 25, I mean, when you're looking at what, almost 600 kids a class, um, you know, you go half of those are girls. So you have 300 um, per class and you're getting 33 total. Um, and that's out. your premier program in the state. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the premier program. Yeah. And you, I mean, you have, I, you know, I would have to go back and look at those, but some of those girls who are maybe coming out for the first time too, you know, and so, and then the rest of them, I think, so then there's, there's twofold on this. I think one of them, um, you know, have been weeded out through club, club basketball. I uh -huh. think those are big things. Um, I think this for another pod, but the difference between the boys club and the girls club, um, it just feels like things happen a lot earlier for the girls. Like you start sixth and seventh grade, um, boys are still kind of growing and maturing and figuring things out. Mm -hmm. But for the girls, mm -hmm. it's kind of like make or break by that time. Um, and so it's just different. So the way you kind of handle and approach those from a youth stand, I think it makes a big difference. And then I think the other one is club volleyball and the way in which yep. that that season is overlapping with the basketball. And I mean, we can be completely honest, uh, volleyball and basketball are two worldly different sports um, right. from a strength of contact, uh, just a, a, a capacity in which that it takes its toll on the athletes. And so, um, volleyball is a lot of fun, you know, and it's something that, uh, you know, you can kind of pick up and, uh, become good pretty quick at if you have the right skills. And so I think that's the other part of it. It's like, it's just either getting weeded out early and then you're competing with other things. I mean, to your point, wrestling as well. And so that's, uh, well, that's and, a and, and good I want to make though. sure I say something. I don't want to take away. We have some insane talent in this state. We have, and top, I mean, you look at our level. women's college programs division one college great great stuff i just i hope that was not missed in what i was trying to say we have some very high-end talent but the the participation numbers i don't know just sometimes oh. they, they they disturb me a little bit from from what i see in the girls it's it's you, you say haves or have nots the programs that are good are exceptionally good mm -hmm. but there's just not a lot of balance i mean yeah. you see a lot of blowouts well, and I, I think, too, to that point, the talent is the same way. Like, the good girls are really good. Like, we're right. seeing some – I mean, some of the talent that's come through the state, you know, in the last five years um, is unbelievable. I mean, you mentioned it, too. I mean, you go up and down our, our Division One uh, women's programs in the state, and that's a, a good example. There's a lot of Iowa girls that are playing on those teams, and they're winning a lot of games. And so, yeah, there is a high, high level – of talent and again i think that is a little bit of of the weeding out too because they see those girls and they're like geez i'm so far away yeah i agree that girl I is agree. you know and so that's what's tough too which is for us and i think for coaches it's discouraging you know to your point as well it's like yeah you, you you're probably not gonna get to caitlin clark level but this game is a lot of fun and you can learn a lot of life lessons from doing it and so 
Um, you know, and again, your study of, of the numbers, I think as long as the girls are active and they're doing something great. Um, right, right, but right. Uh, if we had an option, like, obviously we all love basketball. That's why we're doing this. We'd love to have them over, um, yeah. shoot, shooting that thing for us. So, but well, boys, uh, I think we covered it. Um, season, season two, episode one in the books. Uh, we made it and we made it around. We covered everything anxious to see how this week goes. Um, well, I think a lot of eyes on Waukee, Waukee Northwest on Tuesday. Um, I think the whole state will, will at least have at least one eye on that. And, uh, we'll check back with everybody, uh, probably here in a few weeks and, and see where we're at and, uh, get the season jumped off as always. Shoot or shoot.